Hey, listen, I, I just want to take a moment and pray, and, and then I'll, I want to talk about a couple things. But, but let's just pray that, um, that he would be magnified through us and everything we do. Listen, I, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in this series. And, and Pastor Deb said it last week. She said, stay focused. And this week she said, physically respond. Here's where I want to set the tone. We, we want Christ to be magnified in us today. And we talked about it last week that the Holy Spirit is always with us. And, and so I just want us to take a, a moment and pray. And I want you to do this. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in your lives. I know that a lot of you are busy. I know that maybe you've carried in with you today some frustrations or some hurts. Or maybe some really good things are happening. Here, here's what I want us all to do. I just want us to focus in and to lay everything uh, before God today. And, and trust that the Holy Spirit will move. So let's pray together. Father, I, I pray that you would be with us. We, we know that you're here. And Lord, I just pray for each and every one today that we would take anything in our lives that is distracting us from truly worshiping and hearing from you. And I pray we would just surrender everything to you right now. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today through your word. I pray that your spirit would move in whatever way your spirit wants to move. And I pray that we would, would give you everything we have and live for you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to take a second and, and just... Uh, it, it's Mother's Day, and so I need to take a second. I don't get the opportunity to do this too often, but I need to take a second and say that I have some great women in my life. I am so blessed, and I want to say thank you to Megan, a great mother to my boys. I had a great, wonderful mother here on earth. I have a wonderful mother-in-law and so I just want to say happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Listen, I know that there's a lot of different things wrapped up in this day, a lot of different feelings and emotions, but, but praise God uh, for the women in our lives. And, and happy Mother's Day to everyone here. And thank you to all the wonderful mothers in my life. Praise God. I also want to tell you uh, real quick, let's change gears here. I'll try to stop crying all over myself. Um, Tonight, actually, maybe tomorrow morning, but to me it's tonight, we're going to be getting ready and leaving for Guatemala. There's a team of five of us that are going, Pastor Teresa, Pastor Grace, and Dave Vikas over here, and Jen Badenhop, our missions leader. We're all going down to Chinabokio. so you've heard us talk about this school that we're partnering with down in Guatemala, and five of us are going down this week. We're, we're meeting here at some ungodly hour, like 3 a.m., to go to the airport and fly to Guatemala, but we're going to be there for this next week meeting the people and, and just, uh, you know, building relationships. And so we're excited to kind of share some of what God's doing down there with you. But I would just ask you to be praying for our team as we go. Uh, pray that no scorpions get us and pray that maybe the weather, you know, relents a little bit and I don't sweat too much. Most of all, I'm joking about those things, except the scorpions, Dave. Um, but, but, I, but really, pray that God will move and lead us and guide us. We as a church and, and every single one of us want to honor him and magnify him. And so pray that this week would be an opportunity for that team to magnify Christ. But today we're continuing on in our uh, Divine Impact series. And, and we're talking about the, the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's something that maybe we don't, uh, maybe we mention it, but, but don't talk about as much as we, we want to. And, and so the Holy Spirit is, I want to say this, the primary way that God works in our lives today is through his Holy Spirit. 
So this series is all about the fact that we serve a living God that's active, that wants to work in our lives, and and he does that through the Spirit. And so we're looking at the different ways that the Spirit works. In John chapter 14, Jesus promised the Spirit. So we had God the Father who, who... you know, built this relationship with the Israelites. If you look at kind of the story of Scripture, there's this plan that we talked about last week, that God met the people of Israel, and we began this redemptive relationship with people here on earth, and God led them. But then Jesus, the Son, came and and was the incarnation of God, the same character, the same nature, but, but God in human form came and walked this earth. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, I'm leaving you, But when I leave, I'm going to send my spirit, the Holy Spirit. Once again, he said another, if you remember this from last week, another, which means another of the same. So the Holy Spirit is the same character, the same nature as God, as Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit was sent to us. We're going to be in Acts 2 a little bit today at the end. But the Holy Spirit was sent to us to continue the work that God was doing in this world. And so I want to say a few things. Number one, the Spirit is always with us. Right now, you may not be able to see it. And maybe if you haven't even been able to feel it today, the Holy Spirit is here. And he wants to move and he wants to work in our hearts and lives. Last week we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised the Spirit would come. And Jesus promised that when the Spirit came, we would receive power so that we could live holy lives and we could be a witness for him. And so the Holy Spirit is here. And we talk a lot in the church about wanting the Spirit to move. We talk about revival. We, we want these great worship experiences. Today we're going to talk about another work of the Spirit that's maybe a little less comfortable for us. But I think it's vital to our walk as Christians. I think it's vital to us becoming who God created us to be. And so we're going to be in John chapter 15 and 16 today, end of 15 going into 16. Why don't you stand with me? This is, a, this is what's called the upper room discourse. So this is one of Jesus' teachings, and Jesus has been with his disciples in the upper room in the Last Supper, but then they leave, and at this point we believe that, that they're probably somewhere in between the upper room and the Garden of Gethsemane. They're probably walking along, and Jesus is teaching and preparing them for what's to come because Jesus knows he's headed to the cross, that he's going to be arrested, and he knows eventually he's going to be leaving them, so he's preparing them. So, so we stand because we believe that God works through his word, the spirit works through the word. Let's let's hear the word. John chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus tells them, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Now he's preparing them. Remember, he says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they're offering a service to God. They'll do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. So so the disciples are filled with grief. They're struggling because Jesus has told them he's leaving. He promises his spirit, and he's just warning them of what's to come. 
And, and this, we're really going to focus in, on verse 8 through 11, but he says, very truly I tell you, it's good for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of the world now stands condemned. He says, I have very much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So you see there that we, we talk about the Spirit being the same character and nature as Jesus, the, the, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but three persons in the Trinity that are all completely unified, completely the same character and nature. And Jesus says, I'm sending you the Spirit who will continue to work, you can have a seat. So Jesus is preparing them for what's to come. Um, you can see here that the disciples are really struggling. I mean, imagine this. I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes. Uh, they've walked with Jesus for about three years. Uh, they, they dropped everything. Jesus called each of them to follow him, and they dropped everything. They left everything they had to follow Jesus, and they're, they're going along with him, and he's teaching them. I mean, this is their leader, He's done all these incredible miracles, and all of a sudden, we come to this place where Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving you. I've got to go. And the disciples are, are struck. Imagine the, the position they're in, that, that they realize that the one they've been walking with, the one that's been leading them, is leaving them. And Jesus says, don't worry. It's better for you that I go. Imagine how the disciples must have felt about that. No, no, Jesus, I think you're wrong about that. We kind of enjoy you being here and doing these crazy miracles. We kind of enjoy you being our leader. It can't be better for us that you leave. But Jesus says, it's better for you that I go, because if I go, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And so I want to ask the question today, why is it better for us to have the Spirit we talked last week about a couple things that the Spirit does. Number one, the Spirit's always with us. The Spirit uh, fills us with power so that we can live holy lives and so that we can be witnesses for Him. Today I told you I want to talk about this verse 8 through 11 is a little bit more uncomfortable in nature, a work of the Spirit that's very important to us. So let's look at verse 8 again. It says, When He comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, so the first thing that the Spirit does, uh, the Spirit's always present with us. The first thing that the Spirit does is fills us with power so that we can live holy lives and be a witness. But another major work of the Spirit is the work of conviction or of proving where we are wrong. So verse 8 says, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Jesus said, it's better for you that the Spirit comes. I want you to hear this today. Our world 
needs the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me there? The world, our world needs the conviction, the work of the Holy Spirit, proving where we're wrong and pointing us to how we can live right. Is everybody in agreement with that? All right, now, now let's get a little more personal. We may not be as strong on this one. We, we need the work of the Holy Spirit. I need the convicting work of the Holy Spirit to be working in my heart and my, the church needs the work of the Holy Spirit, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit to make sure that we are honoring God with everything we do. Jesus promised us the Spirit would come and said it would be better for us because the Spirit is going to continue the work of God the Father and Jesus the Son in the world. So we have this plan from the beginning. And God came and and built this relationship with the people and is leading them. And then Jesus came and taught and gave his life for the forgiveness of sins and rose from the dead. And then he ascended to heaven and sent the Spirit to continue the work. I want want you to hear this again. I, I said it last week, I'll say it again. It's not by accident that Jesus is not with us in physical form. The plan is for the Holy Spirit to come and the Holy Spirit to continue the redemptive work of God in the world around us. And it says in verse 8 through 11, one of the primary roles of the Spirit is to reveal the truth of our sin, to point us to righteousness, and to to warn us and convince us of judgment. That's where I want to spend our time today. This is a pretty uncomfortable topic because none of us like to be convicted, do we? None of us like to be convinced that we're wrong. How many of you like to be wrong? How many of you really like it when someone else tells you you're wrong? None of you. That might be the first time I've ever asked a question and not had a single person raise their hand. Well, we don't like that, do we? But that's one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit. So so in the NIV it says, proves us wrong, but in other translations it says, convicts us or convinces us. The idea here is that sometimes we miss the mark or we get off track. We're living the wrong way. We're making the wrong decisions. And one of the most, the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to teach us and correct us and convict us and convince us to live the right way, to repent of the wrong way. And and so, so I joke around with it. All right, I'm going to get some hands raised here. How many of you, if you had something in your nose right now, you would want the person next to you to tell you that you have something in your nose? All right, let's all do a check. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't do a check. All right. How many of you, if your zipper was down and you were standing in front of like 400 people, would want, you know, someone to tell you? Just point and laugh if I am, okay? And I'm not going to believe you because I've already checked like 70 times. <laughs> How many of you would want to know if you had something in your teeth? Okay, so we want that kind of, that gentle correction. But how many of us want to be told when we're wrong? How many of us really want to know when we're missing the mark? uh, Megan left so I can tell the story. Actually, I I ran it by her before. But when I first started speaking up here about six, seven years ago, Megan came to me one night and she said, hey, uh," I just did it. She said, you you say um a lot when you preach. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't say um a lot. And she said, go listen to yourself. You say um a whole lot, all the time. And so I was like, come on. And my first response was, no, I don't like that. But I went and listened to myself, and I wanted to never stand up here again and preach. 
Because I did say um all the time. And, and you know what? That correction was not fun. It didn't feel good for her to say that. Some of you wonderful people occasionally give me loving correction about where I'm missing the mark. Thank you. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously, thank you. Because here's the thing. I don't want to be in the wrong. I don't want to be ineffective. I don't want to be missing the mark. And so correction, conviction, is not a fun thing in our lives, but it's important. And I'm very thankful that Megan told me six or seven years ago what I was kind of missing the mark on because it made me better. It pointed me in the right direction. And listen, I, I'm going to give you some permission. Anytime you want to come and bring some correction, bring it. And I'll throw it right back at you. It'll be great. <laughs> so, so that's one of the primary works of the Holy Spirit. I joke about this, but seriously, one of the primary works of the Holy Spirit is to show us when we're in the wrong, to convict us. And that's not fun for us, but it's needed. And so the first thing it says is, is that the, the Spirit will reveal the truth or, or the Spirit will prove us to be wrong about sin. It says, will prove us to be wrong about sin because we do not believe in Jesus, or we do not believe in God. And so here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit, one of the, one of the most important things the Holy Spirit does in our world and in my life is to show me where I'm missing the mark. That word sin has the connotation of missing the mark. Now let me say this. There are times, if, if you're shooting a bow and arrow, that you might miss the mark by a little bit. Uh, one claim to fame I have is I'm one of the only people I know that's ever hit a golf ball backwards. Like, I can hit the ball backwards because I'm that bad at golf. There's this, how many of you have ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? The absolute classic, you know, you know, just wonderful piece of movie cinema, Dumb and Dumber. There's this part in it that I really love where they stop, they're on their way out to the Rockies and, and they've got this big plan and they're driving out there and they stop at a 7-Eleven and they get out and they go get snacks and they change drivers and they get back in and they start driving and they drive seven hours in the wrong direction and they get out of the car and, and one of them says, you know, I thought the Rockies would be a lot rockier because they're just in like the flatlands and, and they've missed the mark. Listen, sometimes missing the mark, sometimes this correction, this, this proving of where we're wrong is, is a small thing, but, but sometimes it's this huge thing where we've, we've just gone in the wrong direction completely. One of the important things that the Spirit does is when we're missing the mark, the Spirit corrects us. I was, I was talking to a pastor friend this week, and we were talking about some of the, um, some of the issues in our world today. We were talking about kind of the polarizing issues that happen, and one of the things that, that he said that I thought was really good is he said, you know, it all comes down to whether we really believe that God is God and makes the rules and that there's right and wrong and that God establishes right and wrong. And he said, the, the, the thing is, if we are willing to admit that God is God and we are not, then we sometimes have to accept his authority on right and wrong. Amen. Now listen, I'm not going to get in the weeds on this, but, but I want you, Jesus says that the Spirit will correct them of their sin, their sin because they do not believe. Now, there are a lot of people in our world who believe in God. 
But if you truly believe in God, we talked about this last week, you will love him with all your heart, you will love him with all your soul, and you will obey him completely. God is God. We are not. And so sometimes there needs to be a correction of sin. And here's the thing, there are a lot of people in our world who don't even know that they need correction. They've been living as their own God. They've been living in their own place. They're trying to make things up for themselves. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit comes to convict us when we sin, when we're missing the mark. In order for us to experience salvation, we first need to be convinced that we need salvation. There are people in my life, there are friends of mine that I often think about and I just think, man, I wish they knew Jesus. I wish they knew Jesus as their Savior. I wish they submitted themselves to God. And, and there are some people in my life that, that they've, they've not just missed the mark by a little bit, but they're seven hours in the wrong direction. And I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to show them the right way. But listen, it's not just others. Sometimes the missing the mark isn't a seven hours in the wrong direction. Sometimes it's just a slightly off thing. We've just missed it a little bit. This week I was walking with one of my boys. We were walking in the neighborhood. And he'd gotten a little bit of trouble at school. We like it when our kids get in trouble at school, right? And so I was giving him a little gentle correction. We were walking along in the neighborhood and I was... I was telling him what the issue was coming up about lying, and I just said, listen, you can't lie. If you lie, people won't believe you. People won't want to be your friend. You can't live that way. That's not the way we live. And I'm, I'm giving my son correction as we walk through the neighborhood, and all of a sudden, my son turns to me, and he said something. He said, Dad, here's something I've seen, and the Holy Spirit cut my heart. I wasn't seven hours in the wrong direction. I hadn't missed the mark that far, but there was something that was just slightly off in my heart. And he used my son to show me. Listen, you could, you could have followed Jesus for 50 years and something, you could just be missing the mark by a little bit in an attitude, in an area of your life. And the Holy Spirit can bring that correction. And I'm so thankful for the work of the Spirit. Jesus goes on, he says, this is best for you. It's best for us. The Holy, we need the correction of the... How many of you know that you need to be told when you're wrong? How many of you know that you need to be told when you're off the mark a little bit or seven hours off the path? We need the correction. Jesus says it's better for you because the Spirit will point you in the right direction, will show you when you're wrong. And even in that moment in my neighborhood, the Spirit pointed to something through my son who was in trouble and corrected me. I want you to hear this. The convicting work of the Spirit is the best thing for us. It's the best thing for us. It points us to truth and it points us to life in Jesus Christ. None of us raised our hands that we like being told when we're wrong. But I want you to hear this. The work of the Holy Spirit 
when you are missing the mark to guide you back to truth, to teach you that you're wrong, to prove to you that you're wrong, is the best thing that can happen to you. Because it points you in the right direction. It points you to life. It says in, in Scripture, the, the word Holy Spirit is, is, is the word paraclete. And the paraclete is a helper. The paraclete is a counselor. The, the paraclete is a guide. This isn't an ugly thing. God doesn't want to correct you because God wants to beat you down. The Holy Spirit doesn't bring that conviction so that you'll be beat down and hurt. The Holy Spirit brings conviction so that you can get yourself on the right track and experience life the way that you were meant to experience it. The correction of the Holy Spirit is a really good thing. So maybe there's someone in here today. Maybe there's a lot of us in here today that have just been missing the mark. Maybe we've missed it by a couple inches. Maybe we've missed it by seven hours in the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit is with us, and the most, one of the most important things the Holy Spirit wants to do today is to convince us, convict us, and correct us to live the right way. It goes on, it says the second thing, that the Holy Spirit convinces us or corrects us or convicts us of righteousness, because Jesus has gone back to the Father. And, and so I want us to hear this. Sometimes in the church, we make righteousness about what we do. We think that we're good because we, we go to church, and we're good because we know the Bible, and we're good because we can sing all the songs. When the lyrics go out, hey, I knew all, how many of you knew all the words? Probably not many of you. Those are new songs. But sometimes we can fall into this trap of thinking that our righteousness is our own. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit will not only convict you of your sin, the Holy Spirit will show you what true righteousness is. And righteousness for us is not found in what we do. There's no amount of reciting scripture, there's no amount of showing up to church that can make you righteous. We are only righteous through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so the Holy Spirit testifies that our righteousness is in Christ. If it wasn't for the work of Jesus on the cross, you could never earn your salvation. Only in his work. And so the Holy Spirit not only convicts us of where we're missing the mark of our sin, the Holy Spirit convinces us, shows us, proves to us our righteousness in Jesus Christ. Now, let me follow that up by saying this. We are called to live holy lives. I talked about this last week. We are called to live holy lives. But it's not that we're earning something. It's that we're responding and we're worshiping because of what Jesus has done. When the Holy Spirit works and we're convicted of sin and we offer ourselves to him, we are given life and that life is a time to worship him because our righteousness is found in Jesus Christ. And so we're called to be holy and righteous, but not, not so we can earn anything, so that we can worship, so that we can praise him. The third thing it says is that the Holy Spirit will correct, convict, convince of judgment. Listen, this is important. If judgment isn't coming, then this is all pretty laid back, isn't it? But you've heard over the last several weeks that there is a day when we will all come before God. And there's a day that we will have to answer for the way that we live, for the things we've been convicted in, for the ways that we're trusting God's righteousness. The Holy Spirit 
I want you to hear this today. There is a day that judgment is coming, so don't run from the conviction of the Spirit. The conviction of the Spirit is a beautiful thing because it points us to Jesus and to holiness. There is judgment coming. These all go hand in hand, but I want you to hear this again today. The Spirit is with us. The Spirit gives us power, but the Spirit convicts. Verse 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. I don't know about you, but I want to live in truth. As I walked around the neighborhood with my son, it was easy to tell my son, hey, you shouldn't lie. Hey, you shouldn't be deceptive. It's not the way to live. Most of us would say we don't want to be told when we're wrong, but listen today, maybe there's something in your life that's just a little bit off and you're not living in the truth In the light of Jesus, if that's true today, the most important thing is that the Holy Spirit would show us the way and that we would repent. Look at Acts chapter 2. We're going back to Acts chapter 2. This is after... Um, this is after the Holy Spirit showed up at Pentecost. So Jesus teaches this to his disciples. He, he is arrested. He's crucified. He comes back to life. He shows up to him. He promises the Spirit again. And then he leaves to heaven. And then in Acts 2, we see the work of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit's poured out on the church. And it said that, that they, all of a sudden this powerful move happened, that they were filled with, with the Spirit and they spoke in tongues and all of these amazing things were happening. But then Peter got up and preached. Now Peter, remember Peter's the one that ran away from Jesus, the one that denied Jesus, the one that failed Jesus over and over again. And the Spirit comes and fills them with his power. And Peter stands up and he preaches this. He says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. That's a pretty strong statement there. This Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? This is where I'm getting here today. When when the Spirit convicts, what are we to do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. So Peter stands up, the Spirit's shown up, the the power's there, the Spirit's moving in an incredible way, and all of a sudden the Spirit brings conviction. Listen, I want you to hear this. This This isn't because Peter was a great preacher that the people were cut to the heart. It's because the Spirit convicted them of where they were wrong. And Peter said, if you're convicted of where you're wrong, what do you do? Repent. And be baptized. Now let me just, let's talk about the word repent. Let's say we're missing the mark. We're two inches off. We, we've missed. Right? Doesn't matter if you missed by two inches or seven hours in the wrong direction. You've missed. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. If we're missing the mark, then we're not where we're supposed to be. If we've gone, maybe, maybe there's some people in here that have gone seven hours in the wrong direction and you've just decided, you know what, God is not for me. I'm not going to let him have a say in what I do. I'm not going to let him tell me what's right and wrong. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live for my own selfish purposes. There probably are some people in here that are living in that place where, where you just took a turn and went the exact wrong way. 
I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit wants to convict and bring you to the right place. What does it take when you... When you there are probably a lot of people here who you're following Jesus and, and you've, been, you've been living pretty good, but maybe there's something in your life, maybe a relationship that's broken, maybe an attitude you have that's just, it's two inches off the mark and you're missing the mark. The Holy Spirit is here and wants to bring conviction to get you on the right track. What is our response? Our response is to repent. What does repent mean? Well, it means to ask for forgiveness, to say we're sorry, but it's so much bigger than that. If we're missing the mark and the Spirit calls us to repent, it means turning and following Him. It means turning and going in the right direction. If you've missed the mark by seven hours, you know what needs to happen today? The Spirit needs to speak to you and convict you, and you need to turn around and head in the right direction. If there's something in your heart that's just been a little bit off in attitude, I'm walking around the neighborhood and my son makes this one statement and it cuts me to the heart and I needed to say I'm sorry, but you know what else I needed to do? I needed to change and turn in the right direction. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here. Worship team, come on up. The Holy Spirit is always here working and the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to repentance, to righteousness in Christ, and to everlasting life. I don't know where you're at today. I don't, maybe you're seven hours in the wrong direction. Maybe you're just a little bit off. Maybe, maybe God's pointed at something in your life. Here's what I want us to do today. I want us to open our hearts, just as I said before. I want us to surrender everything and lay it before Jesus. And allow the Holy Spirit to show you where you're wrong. And listen to me, if the Holy Spirit shows you that you're missing the mark, don't walk away from here in darkness. Respond by repenting, saying I'm sorry, and turning to Jesus. As we sing this song, I just want you to be praying. Listen, the altars are open. These are a place that you can come, and if there's something on your heart, you can come and pray. It's not, listen, I, I want you to hear this again. The work of the Holy Spirit in conviction is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. And coming to an altar is not, is not an admission of, oh, I'm terrible. We're all missing the mark at times, but the Holy Spirit convicts, and the best thing you can do is be obedient and respond. So if you're missing the mark today, and the Holy Spirit points to something in your life, respond. You can come to an altar. You can kneel where you are. You can stand. You can sit. But open your heart. Would you just allow, would you just allow God to take a look at your heart, your attitudes, your thoughts, your reactions, your words, and to bring correction where it's needed? We want to live in truth. Father, I pray that you would speak to us now. I pray that if there are any that are missing the mark, and Lord, I thank you for when you've pointed me in the right direction when I miss the mark. If there are any that are missing the mark by a little bit, Lord, I pray that they would turn to you. Pray that they would repent. And if there are any here that are seven hours in the wrong direction and just totally missed it, Lord, I pray that they would surrender everything to you today and that they would turn to you and that you would be their savior. You would bring them the forgiveness that, you're, that you gave on the cross for us, that you would give us your grace and you would point us how to live righteously and holy, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd work in each of our lives. Help us to respond to you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Hey, as we sing, respond. Allow the Spirit to work and be obedient.